0: Thank you for tuning in to Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast, a show that's real, raw, and rough. We talk about life, sports, kids, money, relationships, you name it, we got it. So come on in, grab a seat on the couch, and let's get this show started. Favors guard and tax problems Pierre Mars I dropped 10 on my last visit And half that up in sacks I favor black businesses Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black Yeah, uh-huh, yeah Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black Yo, 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 look, look Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black Smack bouts to racks on handmade new rags Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back All right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we got a special guest with us on the couch tonight. It's, it's not very often. We get A-list celebrities that's willing to come down and sit down with us on the couch. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all make some noise for a conundrum. So how are you doing oh, this wow. evening, ma'am? Fantastic. Y'all
1: got sound effects. Now. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you legit. thought this
0: was low budge, huh? <laughs> <This> <laughs> you legit. in the big leagues, girl. <laughs> Well, first off, you know, before we get into this, tell us who you are. Tell us. But yet, I'm going to tell everybody how this happened, and then we'll get into that part of it. Is that okay with you? That's perfect. Okay. So, I was at work, you know, working hard. or oh, hardly working. Whichever one it could have been. And I got a message on Instagram. Uh, Cash's wife... Cash's wife messaged me and she's tagged the DSE podcast and she saw the post that you put out saying that you were willing to go support some all some black podcasts, small businesses and kind of go on their podcasts and promote them on your page with your 1 billion followers. So when I saw it, I I have to be honest, I didn't even know what you was about before I sent you a message. I just saw, Hey, this is a great opportunity to get some pub. (laughs) Right. But as I sat down and looked at some of the things that you've done, I think it's safe to say, and I think we all came to the conclusion was not only was this a great opportunity, we are looking forward to this to being a great interview. So, ma'am, tell us about you so our listeners who may not know know who you are.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Well, um, again, as you said, my, my personal page is at Conundrum. Um, I've been on Instagram. I've been on social media since nineteen ninety nine, since AOL four point So oh, <laughs> I've been on social I didn't, know,
0: I didn't even know we had social media then.
1: Right, we, I, we've been on Black Planet You know, like You're right, you're right
0: We tried not to count that one <laughs>
1: <laughs> was popping it You was. know, and so, so I've been on social media for a while uh, Migrated through all of them pretty much And, um, you know, they're all different beasts They're all different animals And um, Instagram I actually, when we finally kind of figured out What Instagram was I took it as an opportunity to do something that I initially tried to do it my MySpace page, which was uh, I was I had actually started college at 29, and, and MySpace, you know, back then it was really friends and family. You know, you had a few people that followed you, but it was primarily people you knew. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to college, I dropped out at 16. You know, um, I had my son at 16, and so when I went went to college at 29, I did exceptionally well, and, and I wanted to encourage people, you know, who were considering. Uh, going to school for the first time or returning to school. So I was, you know, posting on my accolades, like, yes, I made Dean's List. I made Student of Distinction. I won this amount of scholarships. And so I realized that it wasn't as inspiring as it was intimidating. Because yeah. it's like, okay, you transferred with a 3.9. You got into Berkeley. It was like I wasn't posting the steps of how I did it. And so that was that disconnect, right? People can see it, but then it looks really far-reaching for them. So when I got to Instagram and sort of figured it out, I was starting my entrepreneurial journey. And I decided, you know what? This time I'm going to show people the process. I'm going to take them along the journey. So every small step or every little step that uh, I took, I was, you know, reporting, posting about it, so forth and so on. And uh, then we all kind of got swept up in the you know, the tragedies of, I would say, like a seven-year period, right? There's just constant hashtags, the constant death, the constant everything that was going on. And although I was still sort of trying to push my message about business and entrepreneurship, it was taking a back seat. So there were times where I would be like, okay, I made my PowerPoint. I'm going to talk about four P's of marketing today. And it was like, nah, sis, somebody died. You know, we do not have time for that. So my, I had an opinion. On the issues, the racial issues and the racial injustices—that was not new to me. It was not new to me in academia. It Wasn't new to me. I'm 44, so this is not new for me. So I had a lot to add to that con- that conversation. And when I when I did that, my pages grew. So it was my personal page it was never even to grow to that magnitude, but uh, people really appreciated my perspective and uh, my views. So that part of my voice just started to be the loudspeaker like right, the megaphone, and the other parts got drowned out. So long story short, I wind up leaving for a while, and when I returned, I decided this is what I want to focus on because we have a lot of people seeking on social injustice. I have an opinion on it, but I don't really have too many actionables on it, right? I'm not the person to take that to where it needs to go to create change, but this is where I can contribute that I do feel like we need a uh, change, and it does make a difference. So that's pretty much what I do. Other than that, of course, I have an app. I'm an app developer. Um, I have an app that's by design. And so that's a separate sort of entity. <laughs> and yeah, so pretty much, you know, that sums it up, I think,
0: kind of. So, sums it up is an understatement, first off, to as I'm listening to your story. To drop out at 16, and that's unfortunately teen pregnancies in our community, actually in the world altogether. It's something that some people see as a death sentence, even though having a child has always been, always been, and always will be in my eyes a blessing. So to battle your way through that, to get to college, to get your degrees, we definitely give you a round of applause for that because that's not something that everybody's able to do. And to not only do that, but then take it to the next level. that kudos on you. I, I, I can, I can
2: I see that. I respect that. Salute.
0: Thank you. Thank you
2: so so hey this is cash i I got a question for you so as i was uh going through and looking at your page and and you mentioned uh design right so um you were talking about taking like a social media break while you were grinding to to build that up from the you know from the start so how did you like maintain focus because you were talking about you had to learn things like photoshop adobe premiere and and all those different types of things just to get your app off the, the ground and uh, my second part of that question is, you know, how empowering was that move to learn all those things and looking back on it now?
1: Right. Well, initially, the concept of my business came to me in 2004. Um, I'm self-taught to soul. And so I would go to work and my little, you know, my little outfit and I was at a call center. I was at the back of a call center. So I treated it like my little runway. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Women would be like, "Where did you get that from? You know what I mean? Who made it? Like, I made it. Oh, you! Did. I have to show them the little unfinished him, you know, and inside. And so they were like, "Oh, I need you to make that for me." And so after doing this for like six months, going back and forth, I'm like, logistically, this isn't really sound because I have to. I'm not be really that good. Of, so I can for me, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but like. I'm not that good, so it's like we have to go through all the process of me fitting you, uh, measuring you, going to the fabric store, taking it home, fixing it, coming back. Like, it's not going to work. But what I realized after like six months of these little sticky notes threatening me um, to make it. Or, you know, <laughs> Let's get real. you make me a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? For real, I still have them to this day. Um, <laughs> so I realized that what I had that these women wanted was freedom of expression. I had creative freedom over my identity, right? My presentation, and that's what they wanted. So I came up with the concept like, okay. Plus my cousin is, um, side note, she actually did school for fashion design. It was something I wanted to do, but I didn't. So I knew a lot of her obstacles graduating, um, not having anywhere to work, working out of her garage, and a lot of the, the obstacles that she faced, never being able to do it full time. So I said, what if I took graduates Put them into a shop like a barbershop, like a nail salon, right? Let them rent a, a station for me, and then I have fabric on the other shop. Oh, so, wow. just right. So, that was the concept, and it was the brick and mortar concept. So, that stuck with me. Um, then I decided, like everybody else, this was I was like, I'm gonna quit my job, it's on, right? It's lit. I'm about to uh, make all the money, <laughs> right? Right. And so, I had not started uh, college at that point, and so, um. Went to the bank and they had a little pre loan application that you fill out before you meet with the loan agent. And the application was like, "Do you have any experience in this area?" No. <laughs> "Do you have any education in this area?" No. no. <laughs> yeah, like the whole list was no. Like by the time the lady came out the office, I was like, "You know what? That's okay. I ain't waste your time or my time because I'm clearly not qualified for this. I have a good idea, but uh, I don't know if we can cause I'm gonna mess this up, right?" Right. So, um. I decided that, uh, because I have a lot of bright ideas, like all entrepreneurs, right? So I was like, you know what, Um, if this makes sense after I finish college, I'll find a way to fund it, and I'll find somebody to run it. So uh, I wind up having to manage my best friend. She had purchased the Fortune 500 uh, franchise, and I wind up having to manage it. So I did that, and then I revisited the idea in uh, 2013. I've been actually building it in terms of structuring it, but it was a a brick-and-mortar concept. Mm. 2000, uh, So I I took classes at UCLA for marketing, just to fill in the holes. I did a lot. uh, There's a lot of information for free that you can – there's iTunes University. I learned a lot about uh, small business entrepreneurship and just studying. And then in 2016, I pivoted to an app. Mm. So I had to figure out how to do that. So I've been working on that, but again, in terms of the features and how it looks, I didn't have any of that in my arsenal. So when I left, part of what drove me in terms of keeping me motivated was cost and being broke. Shit, like.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do it. I tell you what, ain't nothing like a rib when you're hungry.
1: <laughs> right, because uh, I wanted to do an app demo. You know, I like to look at people and how they present their stuff. So I saw these app demos, and guy was like, 600 bucks. I was like, okay, so that's not gonna happen. Uh, Let me get on the good, good YouTube University (laughs) and and figure that out. So once I found uh, places that I could actually create and the tools that were required to create, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. I'm not new to graphics. You know, I've been making web pages forever back in HTML days. I'm not a CSS person, right? But so I was, I've been. You know, a lot of that's universal. And a thank you, by the, the way, for
0: there. making our web page. We thank you for that, too.
1: You're very welcome. You're <laughs> very welcome. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and so I learned, uh, I, I dove into it, but what was exciting to me was just the freedom to be able to not be beholden to someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can, I made the graphics. I can make this. I can actually present myself. Mind you, no, it's nowhere near where a professional graphic designer would take it to, but I'm not limited. So if if, it, if I don't have the money or somebody can't do it, I can jump in and take care of it. So that part is extremely liberating. I am ready to pass those jobs off to other people because um, I'm stretched now. But there is nothing like having that in your arsenal, um, having all the layers to your business like that. And it makes you respect people
2: who really do it for real, for real. Right. So like right? with the cost, so, yeah, with the cost. And, and sometimes they come to you with those funny prices, like you mentioned, that $600. It probably wasn't going to cost them $600. No, nah,
1: man, come on. Like, yeah, so for one, you cannot extort me at this point. Right. right. I have a very good idea of the work required for it. But when I see the quality of work, I'm damn sure willing to pay someone their work
2: exactly so uh, that leads me to my next question and it was something that you uh mentioned as far as the seven steps to start a business so first and foremost thanks for putting that that one out there because i had to take notes on that as well because we're looking to expand and you know take what we're doing as far as just something as friends and getting together to talk about sports and life and all that stuff every week into business and as we transition into that next phase uh those seven steps were really good so and they were pretty simplistic so like is that like a conscious effort of yours, like in everything that you do on your pages to just make things out there that people think are far reaching, um, just something that everybody can attain.
1: Yes. That, that literally is part of my purpose. I believe it's part of the gift, a gift that I have, um, in college, you know, I went back at 29 and I love community college community college is full of people who, regular everyday people working, trying to do something, trying to be better. And you have a wide range of people from all kinds of backgrounds. Um, I've been in classes with people 50 years old, 55, you know, 18. And what I noticed that in adult continuing education is some people have an embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Some people have, you know, um, they're a little shy and apprehensive. They don't want to look stupid. Well, for me, I never felt intellectually inferior. I was always in the gifted and talented programs in school. I just left because I had a baby. I was just burnt out. So I, I've never felt intellectually inadequate. Um, but what I noticed is some of the professors would sort of talk over your head. And, you know, they're using all of their little jargon. and
0: You know, in, so, big big words.
1: Right, right. And so sometimes. I personally read two chapters ahead. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So that way I could ask relevant questions and you can't brush me off on some oh, OU reading and go find out about it. No, I read it, you know what I mean? And this is what I don't understand. <laughs> so I noticed that, you know, and I participate. One of the things I do is, you know, especially in class, I pay for it, I participate. I'm going to be teacher set because I'm going to get my letters of recommendation. I'm going to get my scholarship money. So like you go, you gonna compete with me in class. But what I learned was that a lot of the the adults, I would ask the question. I kind of could gauge around the room that other people were confused. So I started doing stuff like just asking rhetorical questions. So said professors like, "Oh, so the the burden of representation is defined by you know," and then they're giving you all of these theoretical abstract terms. So I was like, "Okay, so you saying <laughs> that's pretty much like when I'm at home and I'm watching the news, right?" And then they talk about a crime that was committed and I'm like, man, I hope he ain't black. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Cause I know if he's black, that's gonna count against all of us.
0: Like,
2: yeah. one of
1: them. And, so, right. and so I would see the light bulbs in people's heads. Like, thank you. And then I started getting people coming up to me like, man, I'm so glad you asked that question. I wanted to ask, but I didn't look, I didn't want to look stupid. I'm glad. I thank you for the way that you explained it. Um, That eventually led to me, when I did transfer to a university, the teacher's assistants at universities are graduate students that are in graduate programs, right? Because at the university level, the teachers, you know, the professors all have PhDs, so the the TAs are the grad students. I had a professor who had to make special uh, accommodations to have me be the TA, and uh, I was just uh, a senior. So I wasn't even in grad school. And she said she wanted that. She said, because what I saw that you do is you break down the, the the terms in ways that everyone understands. And I can't do that. She was like, you're like a bridge. And so I would like you to be there because she was teaching a freshman class. And so she was really nervous about, you know, these freshmen, like, being hella confused and left in the dark. And so I realized that that was a, it's a pretty dope thing to do,
2: too, and to not is. leave
1: people behind.
2: It yeah. is. You do that every, every day on your page is super simplistic. Like you don't have all the graphics and all that stuff like you were talking about because nobody really cares about that at the end of the day, they want the information. And if you could present it to them in a simplistic way, then they're going to take it and run with it. Like I hate sitting through briefings at work every day for about an hour to two hours and getting probably the 10% that I get out of it. And that's all I need. It could have been taken care of in 20 minutes possibly. Right. So. Um, you're definitely doing that, but I think Hadrico had yeah. a, a question for you. So well, you know, I was
1: going to also. I wanted to add to that when you said to the, 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 the business. When I started the journey, um, I was looking for okay, what you to do you do? Because I've done all stuff, but when it came to actually incorporating, what do you do? And what I found is that you would go to one step, and they would assume that you have. For example, you're filling out the documentation for an LLC or EIN and they're asking you for your business phone number, or they're asking you questions that assume you are an operating business. It's like, how would I have that if I'm not even up and running? So I noticed that a lot of the steps, they send you spiraling. So I made that list because I said, this was the most in terms of step by step that made sense in terms of what I did. So that's why I shared that list because some of that stuff is really confusing.
0: Let me ask you this though. And as a quick counter to what you just said now, I'm not. I'm not trying to make this into a race or color or any type of thing, but do you think some of these steps that they give you is more so of a distractor to get you off of this? I don't believe everybody wants everybody to succeed. Whether that's the wrong way or the right way, I don't believe everybody naturally wants that. The people who don't want, to, who do want to see other people succeed, they're few and far between. So somebody who may ask you these questions about a business, you said you didn't have that. This could have been an attempt to throw you off, you know, throw you off the scent, kind of get you frustrated and get you going in another direction. And for some people it takes just enough courage to walk into the bank and say, I want a business. The last thing they want to hear is, well, do you have this? Do you have that? And what may seem as so vaunting may be a simple step, but do you think that sometimes corporate America could use these simple steps as kind of the barriers or hurdles that prevent um, African-Americans, black, Hispanic, everybody, orange people, yellow people, everybody, from getting into that business realm?
1: I think so. I think that if you look at any industry, any system, whether it's academia, whether it's commerce, there are vetting processes. So you for vetting processes, even if you're trying to enroll in a university, right? Do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have that? And you need this prerequisite. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't get in because you didn't have that. So, yeah, there's definitely vetting um, measurements. Now, unfortunately for us, since we don't tend to come from generational entrepreneurship and we don't tend to come from uh, generations of college graduates, we're now... I remember when I would answer that question on the application. It would like, say, "Who are you? The first in your family to graduate from college?" Yeah, I ain't gonna. Lie. I was like, "Why they asking me that? Like, why you? What's up? Why you? Why you, you know, don't like, know. Yeah. right? Oh, that's a consideration." I, I was like, "Oh, they looking down on us." But I realized that was the most critical question that can be asked because I come from a family where they could teach you how to uh, get on Section Eight. They, yeah. they man, they can work that. They can Quickly. work the application. Look, listen, they anything you need they like okay this is what you do you go down there you get this you get that they got that system down okay how's
2: that all right that's that's that's
0: even better that's i need to get an x off
2: all right starting from (laughs) the top no no no, we ain't everything you
0: just said sitting again i'm just playing um but before we left off before we had a couple technical difficulties we talked about some of the barriers and you mentioned the point and you know I know we have scripted questions, but when you when you give me something, I'm I'm kind of the I feed how you give me. And you mentioned your family could teach you how to do Section 8, how to get this, this and that, because that's what we were raised on. And I have the same situation. My family could tell you how to how to rob Peter to pay Paul, how to not pay this bill to get over on that bill, how to do those other different things. But then if you notice in you know, some of your white communities or some of your well privileged communities, their kids know how to read the back of the New York Stock Exchange. You know, they know how to do these certain things and how to build credit, how to start a Roth IRA, how to do some of these different things that we're not necessarily necessarily taught. If I went back to Miami, Florida right now and said, hey, how many of y'all got an IRA? Crickets. They're going to say, who is Ira? Right. I don't know who Ira is. Does he owe you money? Right. So now, how do you feel? What are the steps that need to be taken for us to help educate our community and get us out of those I won't say the slums because the, it's the educational blues, what I would call it, because we're not educatedly properly. We, we're living in a situation where we can only do what we know. But what do you think some of the steps to help us move away from that would be?
1: Well, it's going to take people who have made it, right, uh, to actually take the initiative to come back and disperse the information. We have a lot of people. I have a, I have a quote that I say that I, I for me. I don't believe we can raise the roof if we don't lift the floor. And so there is no, the, the, you have people who make it, they come back, they flash on you, right? They pop and they like, yeah, I got this and I got that. They stunting on you. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, we have this belief that they're only going to allow a certain amount of us to make it. So we can't share this information, right? We can't give this information out or give it out freely. Um, we are very adverse to each other in terms of feeling like, well, if... I made it and I had to struggle, then you have to struggle. I don't know where this sort of like, um,
2: it's almost like a hazing process. It, it is. It is a it hazing is. process. And President and I were talking about this last week in regards to how, like, being that uh, we, we're in the military. So, and we've been gone for, what, 18, almost 20 years now away from our respective homes in the state. So, of course, we've been to uh, many different countries and learned a lot of different things and learned how to manage our money and do things uh you know in a way that we weren't raised or taught to uh but we were talking about like how do we get back give back to our family what we've learned and without them being too overwhelmed with the information that we're given or feeling like man you know you're just saying this because you're here and you have this they see all of the things that uh that necessarily like 18 years of hard work have provided us, but don't necessarily want to hear what all sniffs. took it, what all what went into, all into those 18 in. years, you know, that nice right. car that's sitting outside in my driveway is that's 18 long years of hard work. That ain't, that's, that didn't happen by, by chance, you know? So you try to get them to, to get to certain places, but how do you, uh, you know, with your people, how do you give that information out and give it out in a way to where it's, they're not felt like you're stunting on them. And, and that's
1: where I offer, truth, tools, and transparency. I've been talking about my journey since 2012, 2013. You look on the internet now, we went from a black waves, a black lives matter wave to an entrepreneur wave. Okay. So now that everyone has realized, oh my God, they're not going to kill me. I'm still alive. (laughs) (laughs) What now? Right. And, um, now everyone, Riding the entrepreneur wave and so they're like flossing on you and they're like oh I got this you can make this kind of money they're selling these webinars and these e-courses what I'm trying to do or what I do is I bring truth into that so I'm like look don't let these people fool you into believing that this is easy this easy and this is just this glamorous right and I do that by sharing my personal journey I do that by telling people I've been at this for this long I've been Struggling. I've had to sacrifice. I've had to make very hard choices. A lot of times, I like to make posts at two and three in the morning when I know people are up packaging their stuff. Right? They got to get up in the morning. They got to get to the post office and drop their stuff off. And it's so many people that'll be like, "I'm up, sis, and I'm like, take a picture now because when you get your warehouse, they're not gonna believe you, right? That you mm-hmm. was packaging stuff yeah. on on the kitchen table with your Dymo printer and so. To me, I think one of the posts that I did yesterday, I think was super, super dope. And the post has a little dog up there just bopping his head and dancing. And the post says every entrepreneur at their nine five, knowing they won't be there forever, because there's also this kind of, you know, backlash of if you're an entrepreneur, you're supposed to just quit your job. you yeah, that's
3: you're not, not committed reality.
1: to your dream, right? And you making people feel bad trying to say, I'm not really, I don't really know all this myself. want to kind of baby step into this or let me keep a foothold i have children so i have to make sure that my children have somewhere to stay and you make you're shaming people or making them feel bad i wanted to let them know let's change the perspective your job is not just oh you got a job could you make people feel bad like oh you're an entrepreneur but you're working at walmart well first off this is a learning center i'm learning at walmart i'm learning logistics how about we look at it like that Right? right you'll praise someone going to do a free internship but you'll you'll make someone feel bad for working so my thing is trying to tell people your job that's funding your dream and uh, interest free and <laughs> no equity like, like just so when you go to work tomorrow be happy look at your job differently because it's planning the financial season to your venture and it was so many people that was like man i'm going to work happy tomorrow thank you i wasn't even looking at it like this i was looking at it like Oh, my God, I'm not committed to my dream. Now, for you and I, we also have to fight against the microwave. You're, you're telling your your nephews and, you know, your family members, okay, this was 18 years of hard work. They're like, 18, bro, I'm talking about Instagram. Right. <laughs> he got popping in two years. Yep. So
0: We in the flash, by the flash by night society. Where, and in, out of nowhere, right. you can become an instant success because you went viral.
1: Right. And so they don't want to hear that. And what I am enjoying, not enjoying but I'm I'm happy to see some of these 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 wave makers are on those trends crescending now. So now people are seeing it like, oh snap, she was popping two years ago. Nobody cares about her anymore, right? All of this is it's it's easy come, easy go. So mm-hmm. you're gonna get more people now paying attention because they're like there was no longevity in that viral. There's a few folks. Don't get me wrong, who have pivoted, but the majority of them, you don't just—they're just means. Yeah, you're definitely um, true about that. I do it by one: understanding, meeting my people where they are, meeting them on their understanding, and I cannot bring people with me who have not committed or want to do something better. I stop trying force anything. So if I see people who have an interest in it, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't force it on anybody. It's for you to ask. I put it there and I try to make it as digestible as possible. It's easily consumed. I never knew I had this much patience in my life. I have people who ask me some questions that would make you cringe to think that they're actually trying to get into business. But the fact that they're trying to be better, I treat them with so much respect so much dignity. Even the questions that people would be like, "Oh, that was a dumb question." At least this guy is trying, and I know his background and his breadth of knowledge is probably zero, but at least he got past his ego or his pride to come forth and hit me up in the DM and say, "Hey, this. Uh, I just wanted to know, can you help me with this? I don't know about this. Sure, I can. I take a lot of calls for free. I do a lot of consultation for, for free. I don't. This is all free. But yeah. this is how I tie. This is how I contribute. That's what's Cheers. up."
3: Uh, so you was, this is prayers by the way. Uh, so you was talking about the different ways that you learned certain things, YouTube, uh, iTunes University. Uh, so everybody grasped information a little bit different. And like you even said, you read uh, a couple chapters ahead, to be ahead of your students uh, in, in college and know what's coming up. Uh, what books do you see, uh, would you suggest that to read up on creating your business that you did find influential during that time frame? To be
1: honest with you, um, I've read a lot of textbooks <laughs> as part of the curriculum. Hold on, we that again. A lot of textbooks. Oh, okay. Textbooks, yeah. Huh. Uh, as part of the curriculum for for schools, I'm going for marketing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You read textbooks. You read books, books, books all day long. So a lot of the information that I had that was applicable for business is part of my major statistics, and so all of the components are already there. The foundation. For me, I like to access direct information. So I'll if I want to learn about trademarks, I'm going to go straight to that source. If I want to learn about this, I'm going straight to that source. And then it's applying the knowledge. So because I firmly believe the easiest way to learn a business is to be in business, to, to work in business. That's going to be the ease because there's a lot that you can learn from people has no application to what you're doing. There's a lot you can learn in school in theory, has no application to what you do on a day-to-day basis. So I don't tend to read other people's perspective. And uh, I like other people's journey. And contrary to what most people would think, i rather study the failures than the successes because we all know it, you know okay he's successful and a lot of times you're like oh he was successful I need to know everything about this dude what does he eat in the morning what does he do what is his regime like what what, what is his regimen like what is he you know you want to know all components of this successful man's life I rather look at the dude who tried and failed because he can wake up thinking I'm about to blow this whole damn business mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I want to learn what he did wrong so there's a there's a uh platform called kickstarter and you can do crowdfunding on there for your business when i wanted to get on to kickstarter i went and found people who were similar to me my business what i was trying to do but i studied far more of the failure campaigns than i did the successful campaigns the successful ones it was like okay i got it that makes sense that makes sense that makes sense but there's way more to learn in what people did wrong Right, that's what people did. Right, the reason why our brains hold on to negativity—that's what's been keeping you alive all these years. The negative experiences, because your brain is telling you what to avoid, what to not do. So, for me, I have a different perspective. I like motivational folks. I like their stories and their journeys. But when I go into learning strategically, it is—it is very strategic.
0: I'm about to go to the pool because you just got deep, just in. I mean, that, when you said mm-hmm. your brain keeps you alive from your negative experiences and you think about it, that is so true. And that's something that you don't necessarily think of. You don't think of the things that helped you get to the point to where you are. So I was looking at your page as well, and I saw a post that you had. And it, you mentioned the entrepreneur versus the hustler. How do you define each? And to me personally, I feel like it's a, it's a collaboration of both to make a great person. But do you separate them? What are your views on that?
1: Well, it's just that. A hustler, right? If you just just take it, just plain for what it is. Everyone can hustle, and you can hustle independently, and you can hustle and build yourself up, and then you can take your hustle to the next level to become an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs are people who create systems that actually employ other people right? Mm-hmm. And put other people in place. So if you look at it, a salon, um, the hair stylist, she can be a hustler. She can independently, you know, make her money. She can tra- travel. She can be a part of a salon. She could be She whatever she wants. And she's really in charge of her income. She is her own brand. She is an entity. Everything sort of falls on her skill set. But an in- I Entrepreneur is the person who's going to create a platform or a system to occupy and house hustlers or employees or other people of that nature. So entrepreneurship is just a hustler who's on a larger scale. Hustler is more about the independent me. Entrepreneurs are creating systems for a group of people,
3: that a
0: turning. company. I,
1: that makes right.
3: sense. That's definitely a way to look at it. I could never listen to another Jay-Z album the same now. <laughs> remember, when
1: Rick, 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 remember when Rick Ross said, "If you selling grams, you still a merchant." Oh mm-hmm.
0: uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That tr- true story. Speaking and, of Ross, did and, and, you
3: read his book? Did you read his book? His book was no, ooh. no, I haven't. Oh, it was pretty I good. Haven't. We talked about it last. No, year, so.
0: we had. We definitely did. Um, we definitely read that. It was a good book. And the fact that you over here spitting Ross just pretty much, pretty much puts you in the top, <laughs> top ten of interviews right now. <laughs> I'm pretty proud <laughs> of you right now. Like right now, I want you to just say, "Hey, I did that," because you did. I did
1: that. I did that. There
0: you go. Now. Here's the thing. I believe sometimes in the black community, we we are we do better at hating on each other or bringing each other down than we do of helping each other. Now, he mentioned that we're in the military. Prime example, I'm stationed here in Germany. I can get stationed here the same time a Filipino individual can get stationed here. But before it'll take me months to build a network whereas in, before that Filipino gets on base, he got family he's a part of committee he has the other things set up then you look at hispanic culture how they kind of work together and vibe together to get themselves together that don't usually happen in the black community now you are taking a different stance so what made you want to help out black businesses and what was your motivation on reaching out to podcasts to kind of get them get them that publicity using your platform well
1: um i did research is a part of um, Professor Karen Pike's research on internalized racism. Mm. And internalized racism is very powerful. We all tend to struggle with it here, uh, being born in America. So we have accepted the uh, negative and derogatory views and perspectives of ourselves. And something is is, is as present and simple as you, and you is a question like this. She asked us, uh, okay, so if you had to get... Um, Say even a web a computer, you need something with your computer or brain surgery or something, and you have like a black tech, an Asian tech, a white tech, an Indian tech. Who are you gonna choose? Even black people are like, I'm going with the Indian guy.
2: <laughs> oh, the, I right? thought the, I thought it was going to be Asian. Asian too. Well, the Asian
1: or the Indian guy, right? He was a close um, second. If you need this doctor, who are you going with? So that means we've accepted. We have see a lot of people don't understand. From the time you open your eyes as a black person in America, you are psychologically attacked on micro and macro levels from commercials, the cartoons that you watch, how they place the characters, what how the characters are identified as dark being the bad and, and light and golden hair being the good. You're seeing this from the time you can open your eyes, mm-hmm. right? Every billboard you pass, everything, that stuff is permeating your psyche subconsciously, without your permission and without your knowledge. This is why you can have a doll test, if you're familiar with that, where 45-year-old children can say, the white doll is the good doll. The black doll is the bad doll. And because I understand those mechanisms, and I've also been contaminated with them and then understanding them, I know what we are dealing with as a people. And on top of that, I know how far behind we are in commerce. We were still in the field when you had people like Rockefeller generating millions of dollars. We are extremely um, behind on that. And so because of that, I understand what we're up against. I understand how we're trying. And that in of itself, I just decided to be the change I wanted to see. So when I look back at 2012, a conundrum, what kind of page would have been beneficial to me while Mm -hmm. I was scrambling around, searching for all this information, paying for this information, you know, getting it from where what kind of page would have been beneficial, even if that page didn't provide me all the exact curriculum, but a page that was leading me in a certain direction, and not that old research you know but somebody was really willing to break the steps down that i could then go and supplement more info on it um and then promoting it's one thing to tell a person yo you could do this and you could be great thank you you know it's another thing to say i'm going to put you in a position or put you in front of people to try to elevate you too as well to generate some leads for you we in social media The main thing everybody is talking about, marketing. How can I market? Instagram is a pay-to-play system now. A lot of people are not playing fairly. A lot of these people that you pay to put your ad on, they just take your money. They don't care about placement. They don't even understand the science of marketing. And they're taking your money, saying, I'm going to run you on an ad. Cool. I have a children's book. Why would you run me Saturday night when everybody's about to go to the club? Don't nobody give a damn about. Power
2: <laughs> right, right. Like, they have green eggs and ham. I'm talking right. about twerking and things. They worry about right? watching power. Or, they worry about the club, and then then these people are not even pay attention to the algorithm. They don't but, care. Yeah.
1: And then you run me, and then 20 minutes later, you post somebody else. Or you run me on a great day, but you just posted a ratchet video. Now you're posting my my kid friendly book. So I would see that kind of stuff. Like you guys. It's so many people playing business. I'm coming up with a new term. You know how they say makeup artists and they say makeup enthusiasts, a lot of business enthusiasts, Mm
2: -hmm. a lot of
1: marketing enthusiasts. (laughs) And so for me, I said, how can I at least contribute to this in a way I cannot eliminate any of that, but at least I can be an alternative and an option and seeing the results. I get so many messages from people. That's like, thank you, sis. Oh my God, I didn't know this. You just saved me so much money. I started my business because of this. I have a guy who sent me something for my birthday because a few years back, he followed my seven steps. Now he has a thriving vacation business. He and his wife are traveling the world, the beautiful black couple, helping other beautiful black people to travel the world and see the world differently. And this man was like, thank you, because I followed those steps and then I moved forward from there.
0: That's what's up. Uh, listen, now, you don't came on and drop some some knowledge on us. I think everybody here is getting... We're inspired. We inspired. Like, I'm about to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a business, too. I'm gonna, I don't know what it's going to be called yet. <laughs> it may be called a conundrum Draco. I don't know. I'm, we're going to name. We ain't ironed it out yet. But I would be remiss if... I mean, I know what you own, but we see that you're married, and we are a sports show, so we do talk about sports. So the question is... Do you have a team or are you married to a team due to marriage? Because the husband likes the team and since he likes them, you like them. Or do y'all have, is this a divided house? What is going on on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon in the conundrum home?
1: <laughs> okay. So personally, I've always been a basketball fan.
0: Okay. Um, you like the Miami Heat. Oh, this course. is a great guest. <laughs> she <laughs> likes cool, the Miami Heat.
1: Right. I was I was die hard in the Pippen, you know, era where you had you had Jordan Pippen and you know so that was really my era in terms of uh basketball. I was a a, a, a Chicago Bulls diehard fan. Then of course the Lakers, I'm from LA. I didn't really like the Lakers as much but then you know I was like, okay, after Kobe got there, like, I was still with the though, Lakers right? a little bit. Yeah, you know, I was feeling them. Um,
0: <laughs> for a little bit, she said. Please don't say <laughs> but, you know, don't say Lakers too loud because then you you see the prayer quiet now, you start talking to right, Lakers, he's right, gonna go right. off.
1: Just 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 for you know, just for a smidgen. And then uh me, I realized I love watching basketball, football, I like live. And what just blew my entire mind recently is I like baseball. What? Man,
0: I know baseball,
1: I know, I know, I know, I know. it's crazy. Now, my grandfather used to listen to baseball on the radio. I thought it was the most boring. Like, I hated. it. I, lo- I, I was like, I will never, ever watch baseball or like baseball. So my husband being in New York, okay. he's a Dodgers fan.
2: Oh, what? So the
1: Dodgers came, yeah, and they played them back. So he was like, we got to go. We got to go, right? So I've never been to a baseball game in my life. First off, I don't know what they pumping through the ventilation systems, because I just immediately got happy and high as soon as I got there. Like, So it was a smell. And I was like, what is it? it's like Disneyland on Main Street. And I was like, oh. this just smells wonderful. So I'm there, it smells good. I don't really know about it, so I'm there, and we have one of his co-workers who's like a baseball guru. Right? So I'm sitting next to him, and I'm like, okay, so what is he doing? What's going on? And I'm catching on real quick, right? So... I'm like, so we with the Dodgers. Yeah, we with the Dodgers now. But when they leave, we gotta be with the Mets. So I'm like, see, y'all can't do that because I get attached to beer, right?
0: I get attached. To- you get it. I'm clingy.
1: I was like, I don't like his ass. I don't like his ass. Now I'm like, so I gotta come back and like him because I ain't like him. But then they had the best tasting beer. I've never tasted beer. That delicious in my life. It's crack in that beer. It might be. And- I, I
3: I gotta say, like I've been to a couple of baseball games, and I would say that experience when you're live at a baseball game is totally different than watching it on the TV here yes. on the radio. It is the experience that you need to like, uh, I, I, like football. It was up there, but I'm saying that experience on the baseball, baseball field was, was
0: amazing. It was amazing. By the trend.
1: time I looked up, I'm two beers in, whole hot
0: dog. I'm high fiving people. I mean, you know, people. You over like, here singing? You over here singing the seven inning stretch? You Take the cane. Me K's, out to the, the, the ball. ball game.
1: Right. So I was just like, oh, I gotta go back. And then everybody was repping, and I'm not gonna lie, that was the fir- one of the first experiences where it felt like for the first time, race took a backseat, like it was either you were a fan or a Mets fan. Just in that little moment, you know, you were high-fiving white folks and yeah. everybody was cool. You saw, Martin L- L- here, you saw
0: Martin Luther King up there talking about little black boys and little black yeah, girls I mean, could play I mean, together. It was,
1: it was really – it was it was something I had never really felt, you know, in terms of, a like, just in that moment, nothing else existed in that arena except the game and, you know, whatever team – repping. It mattered. And that was it. But um, I really really thoroughly enjoyed baseball. After that, I was like, we gotta go back, I gotta go back. Like, I'm, I'm hooked now. So well, I'm shocked. I'm
0: completely shocked. I'm surprised too. I don't. I only like baseball, like when the World Series is on or something like that. But that's good. It's good to see that you're well-rounded and you like multiple teams. We have a co-host here who likes changing teams as well. So you oh, guys right. will get along very well. All these multiple the teams <laughs> y'all don't have. Shame. <laughs> but on a more serious note, we want to really say thank you for taking the time and coming sitting down on the couch with us. The knowledge you dropped for our listeners is definitely going to be a breath of fresh air and then for your listeners who do tune in just because they want to hear what you talked about i'm pretty sure you're going to recertify yourself as just a strong pillar and a strong black woman in our community so before we go we want to make sure we get plugs to your your instagram page a conundrum is there any way else your people can find you yeah
1: like i believe in consistency so a conundrum is the same on instagram it's the same on facebook in terms of the business for the booking app, um, Fits by Design, it's Fits by Design on every social media platform, the same exact handle, the website is the same, it's Fits with an S, not a Z, hmm. and um, every, everywhere it's the same, it's consistent. Website's the same, everything's the same. So my personal page for the business information um, is conundrum. and for the booking app or any information re- regarding to, the, uh, to get in on the app or investigating the app or anything, is Fits by Design.
0: So you all over the place y'all fits by design at a conundrum and then she going to be building our DSE web page coming soon. We just sliding that right on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, since you so helpful, <laughs> no, but honestly, uh, I know I speak for the fellas and I appreciate speak for themselves, man, but we want to say thank you. And we appreciate you for coming to sit on the couch with us.
1: Oh, and then you asked me, you said, why have I decided to do this prior? My personal page was never a brand intended to be a brand, so it was just really what I posted, and I just kind of didn't even add too many selfies or anything. you know, it was just I just wanted people to get the information whatever we're talking about, but uh, I've been urged by my husband I just they were like it's one thing to read it, but I think it would be better served if you sort of start to speak out a little bit better, so I was like, you know what, okay, we'll try it, let's see, let's go and so that's what
0: I'm doing now. Well, I tell you what, not only are you doing it, you are doing it well. You spoke well for yourself, and I definitely picked up something from it. Uh, prayers how you feeling over there?
1: Oh
3: yeah, thank you, thank you to a husband too for getting the guy come out there.
0: Yeah, tell the hubby who said big ups to him, man. You know he gets one too, but to, to the husband. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. Thank you so much.
0: So once again, thank you for coming. Yeah, to, thank you, thank you so to much to sit on the couch with, and you have a great night.
1: Okay, you too.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast. Hit us up at DSC underscore podcast on the gram or send us an email at couch at gmail.com. Thank you for coming to sit with us. See y'all next week.